This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. And we're back, so let's think on it. We've got guest Kathy Fournier, who's manager of education services. Is that right? No? No, manager of school programs. <laughs> manager of school programs. School programs. At the Birmingham You think Center. after four times you You think I get it. <laughs> we also have Haley Ingram, my co-thinker, and Jeff Thomas, another co-thinker. So uh, we've been talking about a lot of things having to do with Common Core, having to do with experiential learning. Um, some things have come up during the break that we may want to touch on. Um, so let's finish our final segment. And uh, where do you want to? There's well, something you specifically wanted to get in about some of the uh, about the wording the and what's required of students in the old science standards versus the new. So these are um, just for the audience. These are science standards that Alabama has adopted. Correct. And other states are adopting as well that's in certain right. cases. That's correct. And so this is the wording of the standards. And so you're telling us about the differences in, in the wording. Right. Okay. So in an old standard um, this past year, some of the, the things that our students were asked to do would be to define a certain scientific term, to label a certain, uh, whether it's anatomy or, or of a flower or of an animal um, or the layers of the earth, just to label those things, um, to describe things like that. Now the new standards are asking them to conduct experiments, construct explanations, investigate materials, observe, describe, predict, gather evidence to support how something um, is happening. So a lot more thinking involved as opposed to... It's memorizing. Memorizing. Right. Process skills. These are all process skills. And these are the things that most of us use every single day in our jobs. Um, and, and we're not, you know, it's critical thinking skills. It's collaborative skills. They, they need to learn how to collaborate with each other in a classroom setting. These are things that we're not always taught. And that's what's needed once you leave high school. These are the things that get us. They're called 21st century skills. These are the things that get us and allow us to be successful. So, so my thought on that is it sounds like it would be a lot harder to grade absolutely and evaluate mm-hmm. that just from a when you're trying to you know do do um, standards you get mm-hmm. it needs to be testable and so that's going to a lot more difficulty to test something like that because it's each you interpret it you know individually each it's like um, having to read a a um, term paper versus a multiple choice Exactly, and that's where we get into this, which is a lot more work on the teacher, there's no doubt. Um, They have to build in, teachers have to build in assessments into their lesson plans. How am I going to know that that they're learning this? And that's where they're going to find that out when they, through their their classes in, in how to teach, what, what are those formative assessments that I need to hear? Sometimes it's as much as hearing two people or a group talking about it. Um, and they're sharing their knowledge with each other. And it's almost like this checklist and a rubric that they can go through, and they can see which kids, which of their students, have grasped that concept because of the way they're sharing it with each other. There are, they, they have a lot of different form- formative assessments that they can use for this the type of learning. Can use. Absolutely. Now, yes. what about when they're through that school year and the school system wants to test the student? On their knowledge on that, are they? Is there, are there tests that they have to take to prove that they've learned 
this material? Is that, see what I'm saying? It does make sense. I, you know, I think some of those standardized tests that they're still getting um, already do that, and that's one of the reasons Alabama scores so low. Um, is because, you know, if you look at those international tests especially, um, that's what they're testing on, is can they gather this data from this data table that's given to get evidence to support the statement that was just said? Gotcha. They're already being asked to do that, but they're not being, they're not well, learning how to how do, do that. that. Mm -hmm. And so that's gotcha. what these standards will do, is the, the way that they're going to be taught now, they have those process skills now to answer those questions in a, in a way that they didn't have they didn't have the skill set before to do. Gotcha. You seem very excited about yeah. uh, the standards and the and the uh, what Alabama's doing. I, I'm uh, very excited in education. about education. I am. I mean, I think I I'm, I love the process skills of science. That's what excites me. It's not. I don't know everything about science. I love the process of science. I love how you get to that understanding of of a concept. Not that I read it in a book and the teacher told me. Um, and I, don't get me wrong, I grew up that way. I mean, I went to the you know, I went to public school in, in the 70s and 80s. I mean, that's a lot of what we did. Um, but it was, that's not what excited me about learning. And what my route through education, and I've not taught in the formal classroom, I, 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 but I work with a lot of teachers in my informal right. side of things. Right. And... And I've watched kids get excited. I've watched teachers get excited. And they're not excited when you just... And they have to know the content. Don't get me wrong. They, at some point, they do have to know the content. Yeah, you know, that's part of it. But that is not what excites them. Um, what excites them is the process of getting to that learning. And that's what well, excites me. And you mentioned process and, and the... the uh, you enjoy learning about the process of science, and, and obviously we don't know all the facts in science, and that's kind of what science is, is trying to put the facts through a process to see if they actually still meet the hypothesis, right? Absolutely. So there's two processes that have gained a lot of controversy um, in, our, in our country. Um, one is climate change, which is a, you know, a scientific, um, I guess, process that's been proposed um, and I don't know that we know the answer to it, but it's a, a proposed process. Um, and then the other is, um, this has been controversial since um, long before now, um, is evolution. And that's another scientific process that has been proposed as explaining some of the things of science. And so what are your, where do we stand on that okay. in the curriculum? Is that, you know... Is that part of the curriculum? It's absolutely part of the curriculum. And in 2015, when the State Board of Education um, met, they voted unanimously to approve the standards, which include evolution and climate change. And so when you say include evolution and climate change, some people might, might kind of pull back from that. Absolutely. Because they're like, are you telling me that my child has to learn that evolution is real, quote-unquote, or, or proven, and that climate change is proven. So is that what these standards teach? Is that they're proven, or is that they are a proposed process? Right. And you need well, to learn science, about this process. In science, we never prove anything. Um, so that will never be what they're taught. Um, it does require students to understand, understand the established scientific knowledge um, and evidence that these theories are based on. 
Um, and, you know, that th- the word theory is, is often misused. Um, in, in science, if something is a theory, it's, it's really thought of as a fact. It's gone through so much vetting for so long that it's so improbable that it could change that we think of it as a fact, and, and, and evolution is a basic tenet of biology. And so, um, but it doesn't require them to believe it. It requires them to understand the evidence in which this theory is based on. And I think that's very important because it can encourage them to challenge what they've, uh, you know, we're in the South, challenge what they've been taught in, in their religion or right. spirituality like and you know not just take exactly what you've been given and believe it right then but challenge it and it could make your faith stronger or it could make you believe a different way but you know like just thinking about the way we've developed and you know even our minds like this is kind of getting off topic a little bit but like I think a lot of the reason we have so much anxiety and depression and a lot of the mental health issues that we have right now is because we're so dang meta. We don't have to just think about like surviving and <laughs> we're not like we're just democratized as a society now and it's just like all this stuff going on and battling intentions in our mind that it's, you know, we've evolved so much it's stressing us out, you know. <laughs> Evolved or devolved? Maybe. <laughs> right. Seriously. Right. Well, I just, I'm, I'm curious on it, especially on the, um, I won't go into the religion side of it, because that's a whole other thing, but on the climate change side of it, there, there's so many arguments in science to support the fact that we don't really have climate change as well, or are both being presented, and, and the student gets to, you know, decide or think about both sides, or is it just the, the side that's been presented that says it's getting warmer? Okay, well, the only data that will be shown is the scientific data, and, and the students will make their decisions based on that. It is actually... The which data is what I'm asking. Well, you know, you know 99% of the scientists agree with the scientific evidence that climate change is happening. Um, and there was one scientist who came out and said that it was not true. He has since been, it has since been shown that... The, He's been tarred and feathered. It has since been shown <laughs> that the evidence that he was using was incorrect. And, and that his argument is no longer accepted. Um, however, that it stays in the public mindset for a very long time after that and we're still dealing with that ramification one of the things that it does not say in the in the standards is that it's caused by humans so um the students will not have to understand the human causes of climate climate change because that doesn't have to be presented that's not that's not what the standard says uh doesn't mean the teacher can't bring that into the classroom and the teacher can also bring all the evidence that is shown, as long as it's scientific, into the classroom. And let, the, let this discussion happen. Can you imagine this discussion happening in a middle school classroom? I mean, how exciting for those kids yeah. to be part of that process of looking at scientific data and literature and having this discussion among themselves, sort of facilitated by the teacher, 
but letting them look at that I, that I like data it. and evidence. I like it if they're being they they're told that there's a uh, there's a big argument in the in the community. But there isn't. Well, so there's, but there's the, not the, a big the, argument. An argument in the community is different than an argument in the scientific okay. community. And so, what what has happened in in climate change is that an overwhelming percent of the people who do climate research have come to the same conclusion that, in fact, the climate is changing. And why it's changing is, of course, the big question. But it's it's really, and, and I think it's important, I mean, I'm a, my background is in biology um, and then, of course, medical school, but um, is to understand that, you know, science puts forth findings and then lives with that for a while and searches for more findings and makes more conclusions and more conclusions. But if you get 10 out of 12 studies show the same finding, then science tends to say, okay, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go with this approach of these 10 findings is what we currently understand. But science always remains open to more findings. That's what it's all about. Right. So if someone finds that, hey, the comet really isn't changing as fast as we thought, that will be presented. But the people who are out there doing the research, doing the core drillings in the Arctics and stuff, and, and coming up with scientific explanations for climate are saying, we're all seeing kind of the same thing. We don't know why, but we're seeing the kind of same thing, that the, that the, the temperatures at the core, at the poles uh, are changing faster than they've changed because they've got these, you know, these, these, uh, uh, how, how, how deep do they drill the core of ice? I don't know. Really deep. The ice has been there for, you know, whatever, thousands of years, and they're looking at its crystals versus crystals closer. And yeah. I don't understand all the science behind it. And I'm not saying I'm a climatologist at all. I'm yeah. just saying in the scientific world, they're saying, here's what we're seeing. And we learned in my biology classes in college that as an effect of what they've the change that they've been seeing in the climate there's not necessarily more storms the storms are just longer and harder and more intense which it's kind of hard to measure storms or like earthquakes or whatever because you know stats never really has gotten that but it's an interesting theory especially because in the past few years or in my like young life we've had some intense like hurricanes and tornadoes and everything the way the public reacts to that's always interesting well i want to change the topic just a little bit so i'm curious what your thoughts are on training to the student more so than what we do now which is kind of a very generic path we set our kids on and let them find their way right there's I, I don't believe there's a lot of help in helping them find their way so you know kids start college and it's like hey what you, you know you ask them what their degree is I don't know you know most of them change right and why do they change they, they change because they saw some trend in the industry or they found out that that doesn't pay anything or whatever but we're not helping them really hone in on what they might be good at and what they might enjoy yes right because I know that I picked my degree based on what I saw the trend in the industry was and where the money was right and we spend two years teaching them history 
that they learned in all that, you know what I mean? Versus, I got a buddy of mine, uh, graduated from Berkeley, School of Music, couldn't make a living. And he goes back, and in six months, they're going to teach him Java, and he's going to come out making more than he was making after 10 years of, of working in the, uh, in the real world. And it's like, why don't we help those, why don't we spend a couple of years f- helping those kids figure out what's the right thing for them and then set them on that path, right? Versus or all the little niche jobs there are. Like, we don't even, they, we don't really get insight into really, like, how many different types of opportunities are available. And you've got, like, these wide ideas and think you've got to, like, fit into one. Exactly. And it's hard to, it gets overwhelming. As a student, As a you're student, not aware of all of the... All like all the, the different opportunities and like how you know your specific skill set really can't fit in a bunch of different ways. It's just like and how to search for those opportunities. That's you're, you're too focused on like the big ideas a lot of times, especially coming from a liberal arts college. Yeah, and then reality sets in. You got to start paying the bills, and you got to go. Right now, now we're chasing dollars, right? Right. You know, I think there's a lot of thoughts on this. I don't think any of them, I don't think there's any one answer to that. And I am more of a liberal arts education. Um, I I was focused on science. That's all I, all I could think about was being a marine biologist. I couldn't, I couldn't, why do I have to learn history? Why do I have to learn philosophy? And you did the minimum to get through it. Absolutely. Right? And now as an adult, I wish I had a much stronger background in all of those liberal arts classes because I think it just helps you be a more informed citizen. I think it helps you um, make better decisions and see a lot of different assets and facets of a problem than if all I ever had was science classes. I love process skills and scientific thinking, but you can't be a citizen of this world and only know that. You have to know history. You have to have some idea of philosophical philosophical (laughs) ways of thinking. You have to, I think you have to integrate all those things to be a well-rounded person and to be a citizen of this world. Um, I would say the more you have of that, the better you can be at it. But you don't have to have all that. But I think it. I think it to depends be, on the person. I, I agree as well. Yeah. Yeah. Every as well. student in high school is not a That's college not. student, exactly. and we should get away. From, I think that is not the goal. The goal is to teach that student to follow their path. And I think that to me, that's probably what I think you were asking was how do you help kids evaluate what their path is. And I mean, I came from a liberal arts background as well. Loved the education. I feel like going to the liberal arts school taught me how to think. Yes. But I like to think, which is why we started this podcast. Let's think on it. Not everybody likes to do that. And I'm not judging that. That's just what I like to do. I mean, I also like to, you know, uh, work in the yard. Okay? So there's a lot of things that I like to do. Um, going to a liberal arts school allows you to expand on your thinking but um, you know some people are I've had students who I've said you're in the wrong school you need to go to some I have students uh, patients who and students who are you know in a field that clearly doesn't fit for their personality I have this have, have had students who've been going down a path that their parents thought they should pursue and I frequently ask them what do you do in your spare time and I've had numerous say, well, you know, I, I, I 
I work on computers. I think we need to work on computers. And these kids are taking them apart, putting them back together, learning programming languages without anybody teaching them. I said, you need to get out of the school you're in and get into a computer programming school and you'll, you will succeed. And it works. So it's a great question, Jeff. Why don't, yeah. why don't we have a process to help students go through a self-learning, what am I good at? And what do I need to pursue? Because not every student needs to pursue the same thing. And I also think that there needs to, I think that there's to an extent a stigma against trade schools or like apprenticeships. And that some people need to be working. That's what like they excel at. And that doesn't, like, that is an awesome career. And that needs to, be, I think that needs to be pushed to a lot of different people. There are so many people that should not be in college that are just there because their parents think that's the next step and they're thrown into this like atmosphere with all these adult feelings and just going to class not that many responsibilities and it's like catastrophic for them a lot of times you're you're you you've hit the nail on the head and we've had actually previous podcasts on that um, so, I, I, yeah, I agree. That, right, that's that where things enough. like the vocational ed have been taken out of a lot of schools yeah, and that's for funding reasons. And yeah. so kids yep. aren't ever exposed to that. And that could be a livelihood that. that people love. And and I think that that is, you know, a little, that's why I actually like the name college and career ready. Yeah. Because exactly. it's not saying you have to go, this isn't what you need to go to college. You also need these skills and ways of thinking to succeed in your career. It's mm-hmm. whether that career happens, you know. June first, after you graduate right. high school, or right. or not, that that the, these sets of standards will help you in both. So mm-hmm. we need to. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I've got a question. It's kind of on that um, a, a, a little data when we were doing a previous podcast. Do you guys know what percent of U.S. Um, students currently graduate from high school? You're saying of the kids that start high school, what percentage? What percentage of the population? Of the population having a high current, school degree. Have a graduate degree. Well, the, currently, this uh, the, in the 2015 era, what percent of uh, of the population has a has a high school degree? What, what is the graduation rate of classes coming through high school? I'm gonna have to say that's. Or are we all gonna give a number here? If you want, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say that's got to be 90 percent. Okay. Oh, I think it's probably 60. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go with 70. About 80%. Wow. What is the uh, percent of students who graduate college currently? That start college or just the population? No, the population at large. I'm going to go 20 on that one. 50. 45. 20. So we're talking about a, a, a small percent of the population actually finishes college. Now, a lot higher than that start college. I don't have that number, but it's a lot higher. That's actually get a degree, a college degree. So back to your point, Haley, about, you know, we need other options, right? Something you can complete and then get into the career world. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of jobs say, well, you have to have a college degree to get an application, which I don't understand. Right. It's a terrible standard. Yeah. It's, they're trying to narrow down their, you know, essentially um, narrow the filter down so they don't have to interview as many people. Well, yes, I, I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll give it the perspective from, from the company I was with because we had that. It was that your clients knew that you had that standard mm. in place. So it wasn't a, a bar you had to go over. 
but it was you told your clients everybody here's got a college degree. And right. in the computer okay. world, that's kind of distorted because a lot of the great programmers, nineteen-year-old back-end developer, how many have quit and are you know Facebook, Microsoft, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. So it's you know, an old and, standard. And I wanted to look at that because there was a article about this recently. Um, all of those companies you just named, the amount of those folks that were homeschooled. Really? Yeah, Who's it's high? pretty high. Elon Musk and uh, Bill Gates, or the, whether they that dropped out or whether they were homeschooled. And there's an article there that I forgot to look up before I came, but, huh. but there's some interesting yeah. um, background to those successful people. Well, you have brought a wonderful fund of knowledge to the conversation today, and we really appreciate you helping us think on the concept of education. A I learned further. a lot today. Great, thanks. Thank I you. did too. Common cool, right? Common cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that in Alabama, though. Career and college, college and, and career, career ready. That's what I've heard it. That's that's a good name. Yeah. Thanks very much. To listen Absolutely. to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio. 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs>